Hello, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us. You just need to click on the link and become an ACAST supporter. It's a one-off donation. You can give as much or as little as you like, and uh, there's no commitment. But it certainly helps us to keep producing these podcasts. So thank you very much. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ideas in writing. Hello and welcome to Ideas in Writing. Do you like the theme tune? Um, Yeah, I thought I'd change it from the last one. Uh, It's a kind of podcast with me, Philip Holden, and it's about all kinds of writing and words uh, and words you might read, words you might hear or see in books online, uh, on the screen and on the stage and everything it takes to turn them from ideas in someone's head into writing. It's supported by Mr. Book's Bookshop in Tunbridge, of course, and uh, we've started to upload the conversations we've had so far at events, uh, mainly at the old fire station in Tunbridge, uh, which is just around the corner from the bookshop. But I'm also having a more uh, intimate conversations with uh, interesting people from my home studio, kind of a little office where I've got a microphone and stuff, uh, using a great bit of uh, software called Zencaster. Um So Mr. Books is an independent bookshop in Tunbridge, the home of inspiring, imaginative and intelligent books, gifts and conversations. Uh, You can find it at mrbooks.co.uk and order all kinds of books, new and secondhand. But um, obviously it's better to visit them when they're open, which they're not at the moment. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the effects of lockdown later on, I guess. Uh, Ideas in Writing is available on Anchor FM. Uh, but it's also available on other platforms, including Spotify. So just uh, search for ideas in writing. Um, and in these interviews, I've asked my guest to come along with a word that means something to them. It could be a memory or a watch word. Uh, and I'm also offering them a word that I've brought along, um, probably picked quite randomly. Uh, so ideas in writing is going to be an occasional uh, series of interviews and conversations. And this one is with Ian Tucker-Bell, who's an old friend of mine. Ian's a writer and composer uh, and also a teacher of drama. Ian and I have worked together several times on shows um, at the O's Theatre. And I've directed a couple of Ian's shows which have been up to the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, Ian's shows are always well received and tackle some quite serious subjects with humour and often with music. But for COVID-19, his latest project, Him to Canada, would have been in rehearsal Uh, for the Fringe, uh, which, as you may know, has been cancelled. So in this chat, we're still getting used to some of the technology, so there's a bit of chat about that. Uh, And there was a a slight break in the recording. And and also uh, a warning, there's one slightly sweary word in here. Um, So Ian brought along a word, journey, which I swapped for a slightly pretentious word, palimpsest. We talked about whatever came up. Uh, how Ian writes stories, what stops him writing, what stops us all doing the things we want to do, and how he's developed over his time as an artist. So 
Um, so here we are with the first episode. This is called Journey, uh, Palimpsest with Ian Tucker Bell. Hey, there we go. <laughs> there. That's great, isn't it? Technology. Anyway, yes, What? We're, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Kind of just enjoying a bit of freedom and a bit of time to to make things and that's kind of how I'm getting through lockdown really. Yeah. You see, I don't, I don't feel as if I've got any more time at all. In fact, if anything, I feel as if, well, I th- there's a couple of things. One is I think I've still got loads to do and, and yeah. sort of people expecting me to do things um, uh, professionally that is, you know, that I get paid for. And, um, uh, and, and there's a lot of pressure to, to be creative, isn't there? I mean, to do stuff. There's, there's, there's certainly a lot of activity going on. And I, th- I think in, in, in weak moments, you kind of think, oh, I should make something because other people are making something and I've not made yeah. something for a little while. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to park that and thinking, well, why am I making things? And I'm kind of doing it, A, because I enjoy it. Yeah. And, and B, because it's kind of good for my brain. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I sit and I mope. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I let lockdown get to me. Whereas yeah, if, no, if, if I'm writing I'm something or making something, yeah, I mean, a much better frame yeah. of mind. Yeah. Do you find, I mean, uh, you know, kind of leaping into the, the creative process now, but do you find you get into a flow quite quickly or do you get distracted easily? I, I think I've learned a lot about my creativity over the last couple of months, actually, because I've been forced to yeah. do it in, in a way, whereas previously I'd, I'd have done a bit here and there and fitted it around you know, being in shows at the O store, doing, you know, doing all kinds of other things, whereas, you know, visiting friends and stuff. Whereas, yeah. you know, I've had all this concentrated time and um, mm-hmm. it's been, yeah, I, I think it is easy to get distracted, you know, social media, whatever. Yeah, we, we've got a puppy that loves our, our attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very easy to get distracted. But at the same point, I've learned that, um just just the good thing is sitting down in front of a blank screen and, and, and creating something, you know, sometimes mm. when I don't even know what I'm going to create, yeah. I've, I've kind of learned that I can do it rather than having to have a million ideas in my head to sit down and do them with. I can just sit down, yeah. and, you know, I can generate, which is quite nice. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, we, I don't know how long we've known each other, but a few years. Yeah. Um, About and I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think I've seen that that uh, progression anyway, way before lockdown. That that uh, sometimes you just have to, as you say, sit down in front of a blank screen and produce something, yeah, yeah. without necessarily knowing what it's going to be. And I think you're right. I think I think in my head, in in the past, I've kind of thought, no, I've got to wait for that moment of inspiration and that thing yeah. that will make sense of it, and then it will come. Whereas yeah. I think what I've learned recently is actually, you know, sit down and write and actually the inspiration will come because you're writing and yeah there was a film oh years ago a sean connery film oh hang on my, my machine's making <laughs> let me right. turn my email you, off you and that, that won't beep coming. again that's but, all right God, this is a problem with technology things beep at you um, yeah. yeah there was a film years back um when, i think it was one of sean connery's last films called finding forrester did you ever see finding forrester no i didn't ah finding forrester is a good film um, and it's basically about a young man who who wants to be a writer, and Sean Connery is this aging aging writer who's a bit of a hermit who ends up mentoring him. And right. one of, one, of, one of the key thing that happens at the start is the guy, the kid's like, "Well, I don't know how to write. I don't know what to start with writing." So he gives him the first two sentences from something he's previously written. You know, the character Sean Connery's character's previously written, right. and that, and he uses that then to springboard into his own writing. And it was it was a so it was a, it was the process of having something to start. Mm. got it going you know it's like you know the ignition on a car um yeah. and, and sometimes i think oh that's not there i can't i can't drive this car but actually you sit in the car you turn the key and you go yeah yeah god that's and I, I suppose no well yeah <laughs> but that's okay because i think the 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 analogy is that you uh you kind of you you have to trust that you don't know where you're going yeah but, absolutely that it's worth going and I think as well, you've got to trust that you're bright. You know, when we like when we're working with you guys in in the theatre and the rehearsal room, we play, we, we yeah. throw ideas yeah. around, we try things, and it's actually, yeah. do you know, what? I can do that on my own head, <laughs> and, yeah. and ideas yeah. will, will come out, and that's quite nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, I, do you know what? I really miss that. I was thinking that the other, uh, well, a few weeks ago, actually, quite early on in this, <laughs> I was thinking, 
oh, I really want to be in a rehearsal room. It yeah. doesn't matter what you're rehearsing, Absolutely. whether it's something that's fully scripted or there's just something great about playing with uh, with that, thinking about you know directing yeah. and so on. Um, I, I might throw an idea at you then. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what now? Or, I, or... I've, I've, I have something in my head that I want to do. I'm kind of thinking how to do it. And you know, yeah. it, it could be something you could do. Yeah. 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 Oh, certainly. So, I mean, uh, what I've also done is I've uncovered uh, things that I've written before. Yeah. Or, or I'd even forgotten that I'd written. Um, I don't know whether you remember uh, uh, a story I wrote uh, called The Girl Who Bought the Moon. No, I don't know that one. All oh, right. Okay. Well, I, anyway, it's a short story and uh, written for a children's uh, book, a compilation thing. And uh, I adapted that. I started adapting that as a script thinking Edinburgh you know cool. like a 50 minute script and i and i found it the other day i thought this, this is quite good <laughs> who, who wrote this um but um yeah anyway sorry we 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 kind of started off um uh going into the sort of creative process but uh you know the, the sort of hook i was hanging this uh this podcast on was uh was words and, yes. and I, ideas in writing so um, in in the manner of um, ready steady cook, you've brought along a carrier bag with a word in it. I have got a word with do, me. Yes. Do you want me to do the sound effect? Yeah, if you want to. Yes, sound effect. Okay, go for it. Okay, this is your carrier bag being opened. Okay, okay. And okay. what's in? The, <laughs> what's what's the word? Journey. 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 Okay. All right. Can I can I give you my word? Yeah, go on. Because um, this might not come as a surprise to you as well, but. Uh, I, I really struggle to decide what, what my word would be in the first of these kind of formats. But anyway, um, palimpsest. Yeah, I saw that. What, yeah. what is that? That's not even a word I know. I know. I, I, feel I, know. I, I want A, I want to get to know it, and then I need to know yeah. how to pronounce it because it's complicated. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. I love everything about the word. Say, uh, because say for, it again. Say it again. Palimpsest. 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 It, it ends in a T. Oh, palimpsest. Okay. Palimpsest. Yeah. P P A L M I. Sorry, hang on. P A L I M P S E S T. Okay. All right. So I I I read this word years ago. You know, you know, you read words and you don't know how to pronounce them. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know, quite often I come across them and don't know what they mean. But uh, and and obviously this was the case. Uh, and I, I think I sort of skimmed over it, thinking oh, that's a pretentious word, uh, which of course it is. And uh, and then I looked it up, and then I got re really interested because it sounds sounds kind of abstract, but actually, what it is, it's you know, um, uh, ancient Egyptians and and Babylonians and so on used to write on uh, uh, pieces of reed woven together as yeah. sort of paper. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that was quite an expensive and long process. They used to scrape off the ink of old manuscripts and write over the top. How fascinating. Yeah. So what happened is that, of course, you get a faint impression of what was previously written oh, underneath nice. what's newly written. And that's called a palimpsest. Lovely. Yeah. So it means that when you write something, there's a sort of residue or an echo of something you might have read or written before in what you write yeah that's, that's 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 interesting i mean I'm, I'm thinking a lot currently about partly because i'm doing a couple of um i'm looking at a couple of playwriting competitions and they've kind of got themes which kind of link together and they kind of mm. feed into this which is kind of what i've been thinking about in terms of yeah you know the word i've been, which is journey which yes, is looking, yes. looking at you know where i've come from and where i'm going to but that sense of detaching uh, myself from other people's expectations of what that journey should have been but yeah. also detaching myself from my perception of what other people's expectations of what my journey should. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm dreadful at that. Um, and that, and that's part of that. You know, there's, there's, you know, we have our whole histories, which, yeah, you know, we want to forget about in many ways. But actually, no, that's our story and it's our journey. No, I think that's and, so and, and every, true. And everything has got such value, whether we see it at the time or not, or whether yeah. we see it as. Um, something that people expected us to do or not expected us to do or we regret or we don't regret actually it's all part of that yeah. texture and that story that's yeah 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 so so a journey mm. and, and a palimpsest they're definitely linked in that aren't they because Very everything so. everything you write and this is this is can be one of the things that inhibits you i suppose everything you write 
contains in it little bits of things you might have written before, echoes of what you've written before. Do you so find I, that? Yeah, I certainly think, and, and, I've, and I've learned to embrace it, I think. It's that sense yeah. of, sort of the, your thumbprint of, of you as a writer. Um, mm. That, you know, there's a point I think, oh, I'm doing that again. And I think, actually, well, what's wrong with that? That's kind of what you yeah. do. You know, yeah. I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of madness. I love madness. I've always loved their, you know, the way they, they view the world, their melodies, and all those kind of things. And there's something that is a, a thumbprint tracker there, isn't it? You know, if they abandoned that, well, it wouldn't be them. Um, and, and that's yeah, I, I think we should embrace those kind of things completely. So, what we're talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, let's let's go back over uh, the words, the two words. So, palimpsest and journey are connected they're kind of two ways of saying a very similar thing aren't yeah they? they are they very much are um but that you, your your history informs what you're writing now oh that was a point yeah that, uh, so sometimes i don't know whether you feel this sometimes you're inhibited from basically writing something or writing in a way that you've written before Sometimes, I mean, I have been. I've been very conscious that actually I'm going down avenues I've gone down before, or um, the voice sounds similar. I'm obviously yet different actors reading parts, and things change anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I, I, I've learned to, to to embrace my voice in my writing. This is this is the writer that I am, you know, and I, yeah. and, and I am that because of that history. You know, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't be something that I'm not. I mean, it's quite nice to sometimes to do something different and to challenge myself and, um, you know, work yeah. outside my comfort zone, as it were. But at the same point, yeah, I mean, the work we've taken... Well, I don't any... know... Go on. Yeah, go on. No, no I was going to say, I don't, I don't know whether you need to uh, to work outside your comfort zone. I mean, you always want to kind of push yourself. Well, I mean, the example I was, I was thinking, last week I did a piece for Radio Kent, which was completely out of my comfort zone to the point it actually it surprised me a bit because i really liked it yeah but it was like well this is new where's this come yeah. from and I, I must admit i spent a, I sat on it for about a day thinking no they won't want this and then i send it in and they they yeah. used it as the main piece and that kind of thing they did and i was like this, is, right. this is interesting um and i enjoyed that but again it was just a world away from anything i've done before but at the same point right. actually it drew on two strands of what is a typical ian thing once you, one, one one point is you know quite a, in, a, a introspective kind of self-analysis piece of writing and also the same point a bit of 80s music sort of mashed together right <laughs> <laughs> that's me of course yeah so i wonder you know because I, I i i made some notes about what we might talk about and i was okay. thinking of the, the um thinking about themes in in your writing um and, and 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 interesting what we just said about kind of feeling uh, uh, hesitant about committing yourself to paper or or uh, uh, writing the same thing, uh, not the same thing, but you know, writing in the same way. Mm. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you can write the same same thing over and over. Um, I'm but, sure some people um, do. Um, yeah, you know. Well, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess that's that's really my question is about about how much uh, you feel writing is kind of uh, exposing yourself to to the audience or exposing something personal to the audience, and, and whether you feel uh, I don't know either guilty about that because it's revealing or or it's sort of self indulgent because you're kind of using it as therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I. I... Today, I wouldn't think it was, I wouldn't feel bad about doing that. And, and mainly that's yeah. because of the experience we had of her being frank. And actually, right. also the experience we had of her, you know, from today, everything changes. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, I put elements of my story, or we put elements of my story on stage. Yeah. But actually, what happened was audiences connected with that and went, actually, that's my story. How did you know my yeah. story? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so I think what we learned, I learned, through that is actually if i'm able to tap into the things that are going on in my brain and in my life and in my you know that i'm struggling with and actually um you know use that in my writing actually it, yeah. can, it connects with audiences in very honest and very real ways yeah in, in a way that actually i mean you know i, I occasionally churn out stuff just for fun you know silly little you know comedy things and i enjoy them and people laugh at them but i don't get the same buzz or feedback as i do from something like you know being frank yeah well we should probably talk about being frank because yeah. it um it seems like 
years ago. And I suppose <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Wait, it's, yeah, it's, it, it was a year ago. It was a year ago. It was a year ago when we were doing this. We were rehearsing it and, mm. and then uh, up in Edinburgh in August. Um, but that started, well, actually, it, I guess it, it started not very much earlier and it was it was always up against time wasn't it <laughs> yeah we, we we definitely were working against the clock with that one but i think that really helped it um yeah it, it didn't overstay its welcome as a piece at all if anything yeah. people wanted more from it which was nice that's if that's yeah. the criticism people had it was too short well i um, guess the other thing is that you make decisions quickly don't you yeah but it was nice i think it was an experiment i mean before that i'd written a script and then we turned up with the script and we worked it and then occasionally you'd say in that bit's rubbish, get rid of it. And I'd really, like <laughs> and that's fine. With with Frank, it was really, you know, it, it developed as we were as we were workshopping it, and a lot of that came out of the work I did with Frantic Assembly, and yeah. with um, Punch Drunk, um, yeah. which really kind of influenced, you know, the way I thought about devising and creating characters and creating stories and allowing them to be quite organic rather than me kind of trying to force them down a, yeah. a corridor, as it were. Yeah, but it, yeah. it was kind of a, I think for all of us, it was a really interesting process to go through that in kind of putting that together. Yeah. And um, yeah, really proud of how it came out. It was terrific. So, yeah. And it, and it did um, resonate with uh, with audiences, didn't it? Very much so. Very much so. You know, so many people, you know, tweeted or spoke to us or, you know, emailed or whatever, just saying, you know, that, yeah. that was my story. How did you know my story? Yeah, um, yeah we had some very interesting i'll say frank conversations with audience yeah, members after yeah. shows who wanted to talk about you know their own journey as that word again um yeah. because of what we put in front of them as being frank yeah yeah well and i guess that that as you alluded to that that happened with previous shows as yeah, well didn't it? it did it did yeah um, and, and you're right that is quite a uh i mean it's a seriously moving thing isn't it uh when uh, after the show, people want to speak to you about. It's, yeah, it's kind of humbling, actually. I, I found yeah. it. It's kind of it's affirming, in the sense mm. that you think, okay, you know, because I mean, particularly with with Frank. Frank was so personal and so raw. Um, you know, I remember the first night we did it in Edinburgh, and I was really, really worried that you know this they people just weren't going to get this, and then they yeah. did, and it's like yeah. pff, you know, weight came off my shoulders. Yeah. Um, but no, it was humbling to see how people then took that and made it part of their story or, or used yeah. it to talk about their story. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, the same, you could say the same for Transpennine, which um, was the year before. Yeah. Um, mm. And But that was much more written piece, wasn't it? And there was a kind of uh, a real, uh, I don't know, well, there was a narrative arc, wasn't there? Yeah, there's very much and a narrative arc. There was a story arc, being told, mm. and it was entertaining. And but you were still kind of nervous about how it would would be received. Yeah, absolutely. I think because we're handling, you know, real human situations and real real human stories, and you know, I'm yeah, I'm, I see that as a very precious and and responsible thing. You know, I want to present this right. Mm. Um, I don't want to offend people. I want people to take something from what. We, we present to them and actually, mm. you know, I don't know, change the world yeah. in some way, I suppose. It, it sounds cheesy, but yeah, absolutely. You know, we change people's perceptions. And we did in Transpainine, you know, um, you know, we, we took that to a, you know, a mainly cis, you know, uh, audience. Yeah. And um, yeah. they learned something about um, about trans people. And that was that was a really humbling thing to do, you know, and, and to tell, you know, it was my friend's story, my friend Kat. It mm. was her story that we were telling. And uh yeah, it was it, it. It had an impact on an audience, and it changed it changed people's perceptions, and that was yeah, that was terrific. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So the other thing that uh, occurred to me, and I've got written down on my little bit of paper, like kind of prompt, uh, is that um, when you talk about these uh, plays that kind of um, deal with or, or touch on an issue they they can sound very preachy and worthy you know what i mean yeah and and they're not i mean in performance they're not so um i think because they're honest i think because we're not you know constructing um you know pretentious stories out of something you know being frank was honest it was not it wasn't just my story it was other people's stories kind of woven together but at the same yeah. point it was told in a very um a friend of mine came to see it and she described it as raw she said that was really raw and i think yeah, yeah it is it is raw it's not sugar-coated it's not you know it hasn't got a, a a lovely coat of paint on it to make it pretty it's yeah yeah i think i i think that was one of the most important things about it was that it 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 wasn't um it wasn't tying up all the loose ends mm. and it wasn't saying, uh, here's a big problem. Here's what you have to do about it. Yeah, that's right. It was, um, it was the start of a conversation effectively. Sure. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was nice that people took that and then entered the conversation. Is that something you've learned as well? I mean, it, I don't, you know, before I knew you, you were still writing stuff, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was. And I, I think, I think back then I was much more into writing stories rather than actually exploring myself and, you know, life mm. through theatre. I think that's been a shift over the last kind of four or five years. And that's actually, yeah, been quite strange. But at the same point, and I think this is this word of yours that I can't pronounce still, palimpsest or something. That one, that's yeah. the one, you know, yeah. my, my love of storytelling still comes through what I'm writing. It's kind of sure, yeah. one part, as you said, one part is is kind of woven in with with the other part. Um, yeah, yeah. So, how did you get started writing then? <laughs> um, I've just always I wasn't had... meant to be a funny question. No, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think you ever sit down and think, "Do you know what? Today I'm going to become a writer." Um, I just like stories. I've always liked telling stories. I remember as as a, as a kid, you know, when we used to play with the guys on, you know, the kids on the street and stuff. And if you didn't have any kind of kind of make-believe game, well, it was my job to kind of create the make-believe world that we were going to play in, you know, and that's always yeah. kind of been how my brains worked, really. So, oh, that's you know, interesting. You felt it was your responsibility. No, to it, 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 was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of what I did. You know, some kids are good at football yeah. and I was good at telling stories yeah. um, or, you know, creating these worlds that we could, we could, we could kind of play in. Um, and then, you know, as a young, you know, teenager, elder teenager, young man, um, I was working in a church youth group in a theatre group and writing for them and that kind of like got me going um and then yeah it it just i've always liked telling stories in one one form or another and i think i I, you know when i went to university i did a degree in theatre and film because i wasn't sure you know which which kind of route i really wanted to be yeah working in and i think what i've what i found there and what i've continued to find since is i i just love the immediacy of the theatre i love 
yeah. what, watching an audience or hearing an audience respond to a piece, to a character, to a, a moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and as you said, having those conversations at the end, it's just, yeah, it's very yeah. powerful. It's, it's a, it's a strange, uh, thing to try and explain, isn't it? Particularly if you're trying to explain it to people who don't go to theater, yeah. because why would you go and sit in a little room with a hundred other people or 200 other people you don't know to mm. watch people you don't know pretending to be people when you can go home and watch, you know, a, an amazing, uh, construction of, uh, millions of pounds yeah, on a soundstage. Yeah, with, totally. Uh, you know, but it's that immediacy, isn't it? It's that um, yeah. that raw energy that you've got in that moment that's never repeated. You, you know, a show might be, you know, we did Being Frank over two weeks, but yeah. no, no two shows were the same. Every one had its own either energy and emotion. And, yeah. 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 That, I think it's that. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? Something to do with a kind of, uh, well, I know it's, it's unspoken. It's a sort of um, feeling of response you get from an audience. Mm. I remember uh, either you know, being on the audience side or being on the, the stage, uh, seeing the look on people's faces or in some cases seeing the tears. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that impacts on the, on the whole performance, doesn't it? Very much so. I think, you know, when you, well, you know, this when you're performing something, you are very much in tune with the audience's emotion and whether they're with you or not. And, and you yeah. know, that, that, that sweet moment, you know, when you've got them, and yeah. they're completely with you emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible moment. And you, yeah, I mean, I love this. I love the cinema. I love film, but it's, it's a very, very different re response and, 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 yeah. and exp experience from that. Yeah. Well, it's, and I, I wonder the sort of role of the, of the, the writer in that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I like to defend the words. <laughs> <laughs> In rehearsal, um, not not necessarily as an actor, but as a director, I like to stick to the script. Yeah, but, um, and and they are so important, but they're they're absolutely nothing without the performance. Aren't absolutely, they? absolutely. You know, as a writer, you know, I spend I can spend hours over a sentence <laughs> getting mm. it to to it, till it flows how I want it to be, and then I'll come back to it three days later and think, nope, that's not right, and I'll and I'll and I'll play with it again because yeah. you know, there's. Yeah, I like playing with tenses and past tenses and pre, you know all present tenses and all kinds of things in in monologues and stuff. I think I think it gives it things. It just makes makes language interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. There are times when I've had actors say, "Ian, give me script Can I change this?" I'm like, "No, I spent ages yeah. writing that, and I wrote it like that for a purpose." No, you can't. Yeah. Um, but at the same point, you get those words in the right actor's mouth, and wow, you know that's yeah. when, that's that. I mean, we've got the new one, uh, him for Canada. Yeah. Which we haven't. We should have been going to Edinburgh with this summer, and we can't do it. And I'm desperate to get that, you know, moving and hear it and see it because you know, it's, yeah. it's just been, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, no, it's I reread that. Yeah, I reread that yesterday, and um, yeah, and and it's. Uh, I mean, that's literally about a journey, yes, isn't it? It really. I mean, is. it's several several journeys, in fact. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's literally about the the kind of impact of uh actions and thoughts and feelings yeah. of years ago mm. on the present so it, it yeah it's, it's very much about how we allow um yeah as you said things that happen to hold us back in our lives and to kind of mm. stop us doing the things we want to do and at the same point you know forgiving ourselves and you know allowing healing to take place rather yeah. than this continual need to punish and go over which our brains do you know go over the bad things but actually you know, it's yeah it's very much about journeys I wonder why we. I mean, do you think that's universal? I think it probably is universal, isn't it? That, that... I think I think it's a basic human condition. Um, yeah, you know, we 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 see what we want, and then we we find reasons why we can't have it, or we we can't do it, or we can't go there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think that's a very it's a very human thing. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Donald Trump, of course, but yeah. well, absolutely, but you know. I, I, I think every, you know, every life, whether it's, you know, you're the richest billionaire on the planet or, or whatever, has got incredible riches in it. You know, it's just, you know, it's different riches. Yeah. Um, and I think we just need, you know, I, I'm learning to, to embrace the riches that I have rather than worrying about the riches that I don't. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I wonder if, uh, I, I don't know whether, when, what kind of stuff do you read? Does that inspire you as well? 
what do I read? I'm, I'm, I, I read all. I mean, I'll, let, I'll give you time to think about that. Cause, yeah, no, cause... I mean, <laughs> I, books books that have really kind of impacted on me. Wise, I mean, the Philip Pullman um, Dark Materials trilogy. I yeah. just adore. Um, yeah. I just think the richness of those stories is incredible. Um, I loved um, things like uh, The Shadow of the Wind, but kind of, you know, modern gothic kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, but I just wonder whether it has I mean, a direct impact on that. Yeah, mainly I've been re- reading plays of light, actually, rather than, yeah. rather, rather than liter- you know, novels, which is a gap in my, my, my reading at the moment. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't read that many novels. Um, uh, but I was wondering what to, because I always find that, you know, the, the kind of the latest thing I've read influences me the most. And, and I feel that's a weakness in me because <laughs> I could have blown by the by the wind either way. I just um, think, you know, I, I like stories in whichever way they come at me. And if it's a, you know, if it's an engaging narrative, then yeah. then I'm there. You know, I've just been, um, I, I, I downloaded a, a game uh, the other day, which I played through this morning, which is a, it, and it's a narrative. It's, it's a, you, you play through someone's dream and you go through the narrative of this dream. You don't have yeah. to fight anything or kill anything or anything. It's literally just an exploration of this oh, character's cool. dream. And it was amazing, you know, yeah. but it was just pure narrative where you yeah. walk through this dream and you engage with parts of the dream. Right. You know, that kind of thing really kind of, you know, sets me all kind of goosebumpy as well. Cause it's just, yeah. it's kind of a modern, modern way of, of telling stories. That's, you know, What's that called? Really it's called the first tree. Okay. Yeah. Right. The first tree. Loved it. Yeah, have a look at that. Mm. So, yeah, well, that's interesting. Uh, I, you know, you know, I'm I'm quite uh, keen slash obsessive about the Grinning Man. Yes. Did you see that? I love the was... Grinning Man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I saw uh, the other day that there's a, a an immersive 3D version of it Ooh. been filmed, um, and is due to be released. I oh, think later cool. this this year. Yeah. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? The sort yeah. of crossover between theatre and that kind of um, digital. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and I think there's been quite it's been interesting working that done over the last few years. Um, I'm a great admirer of a there's a studio based in in Brighton called the Chinese Room, who developed what what was you know became labelled as the walking simulator. But it's yeah. basically it's a novel on your feet. You walk through this this you know, arena that they create in interacting with characters and things and you learn and and that's how you get the story. And um, right, deeply yeah. rich in. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I think I have I, I somewhere in the back of my mind I think there's a Brighton studio involved in this thing as well. In fact, uh it, it, I think it's something to do with Andy Circus. Okay. Um, mm. But I'll I have to check that out. Um but look out for it anyway. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um I I think that that actually comes back to what you were saying about uh the audience and and i was saying about the participation of the audience because when we're in that little venue in edinburgh um yeah, they the presence of the audience actually is essential isn't it the oh, fact completely. that they're on three sides of you and, yeah and about um i don't know they half they, a they, meter away from me the energy that they give you and I don't know. It's that immediacy, isn't it? It's that, you know, that people literally within six inches of where you're performing. Yeah. There are people watching you doing this. Um, yeah. It's, it's a very, yeah, it's a fabulous experience. And I guess, and the other thing that strikes me is the fact that they, there's no pause button. No. Um, that once, once the audience are in, they, they're, they're in for the ride and they're yeah. buckled up and <laughs> they can't get out. But there is a that sort of committing yourself to that is, I think, important, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. I think as an audience member and as a performer, it is. I mean, obviously, with the Edinburgh experiences, you have a, a space for an hour. Get in, perform, get out. You can't waver from that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, which just create a real. Again, I keep coming back to the word energy. It just create a really interesting energy. Yeah. In that in that in that space, um, and as you know, as we we know, each audience brings in a different energy anyway, and you're responding to that, and you're soaking it up, and you're feeding that back. Uh, so, um, uh, gonna, I'm going to, uh, refer to my emergency questions. Okay, go on. Um, well, they're not really emergency questions, not, not like Richard <laughs> Herring's, but, um, I, I was, I was, I had this, um, th- thinking about words and, and, um, are there any words that, uh, you would want to, um, not destroy or 
or uh, remove, but uh, maybe put in a museum for the future. Um, are there words that you that you know you you don't like or you don't want people to use? I'm allowed to say Brexit. Is that is that a word? That I'm yeah, put, that's that's. I'd like word, to put that yeah. word in a museum. Something we look yeah. back and go, that was a strange old time we went through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Given given the uh, uh, the number of swear words that are in your script, I think that's yeah. I'm <laughs> very restrained. <laughs> am I am I too sweary? I don't know. No. I, I, I do wonder sometimes. I might find work too sweary. Sometimes no, I like to I swear. So. Sometimes I like to yeah. run it back. Well, sometimes they're they're kind of powerful, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't think my, I don't think my my language is gratuitous, but you know where it where it's you know if a character is is that way out, the character is that way mm. out. Yeah. And um, or a situation, you know, if it's as you say, if it adds power to the moment, then then great. Um, but no, I think I think I think it, I can't think of any words I really really can't stand. Um, no. And to be honest with you, sometimes old words coming back are quite fun anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether this is your experience. I was having this conversation the other day. Actually, I say conversation, it's probably on Twitter. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> but my memory of, of a childhood up north, oh, as was yours, aye. was that uh, people around me relished language. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And I think... You know the, the the nuances that people put into the into their language as well. You know the, yeah. the tones, inflections, things. It's it's very very rich. Lots of color. Yeah, and I, well, color. so I was wondering whether that was just nostalgia or whether it was. Um, I like to think it's a feature of 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 the northern kind of sensibility. But I think it um, is. I think even if you know, I mean, I'm, I'm suddenly reminded of Guy Garvey as a lyricist and how mm. you know, rich his lyrics are, and you know he's from that kind of areas isn't he and yeah um, yeah well yeah. that's yeah that's interesting because i think uh it's sort of something i think about um uh, in in scripts that the sort of um specific nature of language you know particular choice of words says so much about characters yeah. and and it's almost a sense in which that that's when words are, are, are not familiar uh you know they're not kind of they don't trip off the tongue they're they're even more characterful if you see what i mean if the audience yeah. don't necessarily it's not their necessarily their language they're kind of uh drawn into it a bit more do you know what i mean i think i do i think i do um i think there's a sort of power in in people being very particular about what use what words they use yeah and i think but i think i think different characters will do will do that um I think for me as a writer, it's all about the characters, knowing your characters. And I think sometimes if I start writing something and I don't know my characters very well yet, it's never very good. <laughs> right. But if you know your characters and you've got those characters that are particular and are articulate and are, or as some of my characters are very profane, um, yes, it's it you kind of it kind of goes, you know, it fits and it gives it that three dimensional shift that you know, is, is what yeah. lifts the word off the page. But you, do you, do you have a, an idea? I mean, are you saying you have to have an idea of your characters before you write, or is it the process of writing that? I think sometimes when I, sometimes I start, I start and the characters reveal as I'm going along. At which point, once I've really got that, I will then go back in the script and I will revise what the character has said up until that point so that it, yeah. It's yeah, right. I think that's right, isn't it? Because um, yeah. I mean, I do. Rev you know, when I'm writing, I never start at the beginning and just work neatly to the end. You know, I tend to write four or five pages, then go back and revise and go back and revise, and each revision adds a bit on the end until yeah. I end up with a thirty-page whatever. Where you know, the, and that's that. But that's usually you know getting to know the characters and making sure the characters are speaking as those characters do and reacting as the, those characters should. Um, yeah, and you know, interacting and. Bash, bite, you know, bashing off each other as as characters should. Um, so yeah, so that that comes back to the thing you were saying uh, earlier, which I've probably completely forgotten now. Which was <laughs> uh, what was it? It was, it was something really interesting that you were saying uh, about uh, about how you write. Um, uh, and I said, well, I suppose it's the point I was making about things that stop you writing. And and feeling that you've got like a complete story, a complete handle on the characters. 
Do you know? I, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 liberating to know you don't have to do that actually, but that yeah. it, it will come. And again, I think something that held me back in writing in my younger years was kind of, am I doing it right? Am I doing this properly? Yeah. Have I got my character biographies for every character that I'm going to come up against? Have I planned it out on a nice Excel spreadsheet, how every kind of act is going to fall into place? Yeah. And um, you hear these stories of writers do that. And as a you know, young guy with anxiety, it was like, oh my God, I don't do that. I can't be a very good writer. I must stop writing. Yeah. And actually, am I allowed to swear in this? Yeah. I just think bollocks to that and just write. Yeah. 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 But that, that I think of all the things, that is just the, the overwhelming uh, lesson, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you want to write, well, just write. Just write. Just get on with it. Just keep, uh, and, you know, and, and then if you don't want to write, stop mm. <laughs> and then come back to come it back if you want to. Come back if you want to do some more. And if, you know, yeah. you're feeling the pressure you need to get some done, well, do you know what? Sit yeah. and, and you'll try to get into it and enjoy it. But and it's a peculiar thing, isn't it? It's a peculiar mm. thing to want to write if you think about it, because so many people don't. Absolutely, but it's like anything, you know. This world is full of so many different kinds of people. You know, again, go back to that thing I did for the radio last week, which was on the theme of why the arts matter, and, yeah. it, and it made me reflect on actually, well, what difference has the arts made in my life? And I kind of realised that actually, before I kind of got into the arts, I was lost. I didn't, I didn't know who I was. You know, I, right. was, I wasn't sporty. I wasn't, you know, traditionally academic. I wasn't any of these things. And I certainly didn't want to be, go down the pathway that, you know, that my society was pushing me in, which was, you know, you'll go and work in a factory like everybody else in our society ever has. You right. know, and it, you know, but, but the arts made sense of me. But for other people, football makes sense of them or science makes sense of them or mathematics makes sense of them or plumbing makes sense of them or yeah. whatever it is. This is just what it is for me. Um, and I don't think that makes me special or better or anything. It's just, you know, this is just what I do. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, I mean, can you, could you, uh, see yourself that journey being different if, if, uh, certain things hadn't happened, you know, I if think, you hadn't discovered. I think, yeah, absolutely. Theater? Absolutely. I think if I hadn't dis- discovered the arts or theater, I'd have, um, <sighs> I think I'd have just been a consumer. You know, I'd have been the, yeah. the guy who goes through life, who goes to the cinema, who buys a DVD, who, you know, goes to the pub, who goes to Mallorca for a week, who does all those things that everyone should do and we all expect to do because that's what life is, isn't it? And I think mm. I'd have been that person. I think the arts put me on a very different path and it's a path that I, I, I should have been on. Um, yeah, but it's the one thing. It's one thing I've been reflecting on recently. You know, we see in terms of about opportunity. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm in a really fortunate position at the minute. You know, all right, I'm not, I haven't got stuff on a Western stage, but I'm get. You know, I, I write things, and people are genuinely interested in what I write, which is like, oh my god, when did this happen? This is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's it, it's a lovely thing. But even without that, you know, it's, it, this is what made sense of me. Um, I, I, I don't think I did. As I said, I think I'd have just been been a consumer. I've kind of lost my train of thought a little bit there. In my no, but it's, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine because uh, well, we, you know, we can jump trains. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think we're all consumers anyway. I mean, I think there's there's a kind of this background noise uh, that that can easily overwhelm you. Of, yeah, of, of I've, I've kind of picked where I was going to go now. This this sense of opportunity is it's about creating you know places and and forums where anybody who has that inane ability innate ability can do mm. it um, yeah you know we do we i think in our society we put up obstacles left right and center to people being creative um right, i think yeah. i think that the the onset of technology has helped you know i've got in my little office here i've got more music tech than probably existed in a room 30 years ago and i can do things yeah. that i could only dream of as a child but you know a, 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 an 18 year old kid from from you know a working class area in New, of yorkshire just didn't have access to this kind of stuff you know yeah. you didn't have access to people who were interested in what you wrote you were forced down how you should behave how you should conform how you should yeah. live your life rather than exploring who you are and actually what you can what you can contribute yeah i think i don't know i mean i think there's a real danger of of a of sounding um kind of self-indulgent when you're talking about creativity and 
self-discovery and but as you rightly say you know I, people I discover just, themselves through all kinds of yeah and I, I, just, I think i think one of the things i'm passionate about at the moment is, is finding ways to get other people creative and tapping into their creativity and and, and you know giving them the freedom and to, to do that um, yeah in a way that i didn't 10 years ago no that's 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 a good point um yeah yeah so you mentioned your music mm. there um so uh you've written some stuff recently i have i did just for a pure challenge really um one thing i kind of realized early in lockdown i wrote a few kind of isolation theater pieces which were quite fun but then people just expected more of the same and um i'm quite happy to, to do those from time to time but i've been trying to push myself in different directions and explore different things and um so i did um I wrote a song which I got a bunch of friends to record in isolation from up and down the country, and that's been knitted together, and that sounds quite good. I'm quite pleased with how that turned out. And I, I said last that. last week I did a very 1980s. It's it's almost Visage. You remember Visage? It's uh, which which no. got, oh you don't remember, you don't remember <laughs> Visage? They were awesome. No. <laughs> Two hits, no, but they were really good. Um, oh, right, okay. but it's it was the, it was the, it was the piece of writing that i did on reflecting on why the arts matter and i wanted to put some a piece of music underneath it that kind of reflected my youth when all that was going on and so okay yeah yeah so that was that one that oh well so so right at the end of this podcast then we yeah. can either play that bit of sort of um choral music if yeah. you like or we could play your uh, uh your uh, the bit you did for radio kent what do you think oh god which which do you prefer well, I don't I'm, know. I'm, you know, you're, 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 this is your podcast. You can have whichever you like. Oh, I don't know. Well, let's, I haven't. I have, I'm gonna, uh, why, I don't, have why, don't, why don't I send you both of them and you can just tag them on the end, whichever one. Oh, you OK. All right. Yeah. 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 I, I haven't heard the um, uh, the thing you did for Radio Kent, but <laughs> if, you, if, you wanna, well, if you want us to play that out, it's up to you. I, I, I'm still a bit kind of surprised by that. When, when I first did it, I thought, God, does this sound really pretentious? I don't know. This is oh, really right. OK. Well, and I then, and then, then I listened and thought, <laughs> No, I really like this. Yeah. Um, and they liked it. And other people liked it. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just very different. From but let's face it, they're desperate to fill air time. They are. Moment, He's probably <laughs> glad. He's probably going, oh, will somebody please send some work? Yeah. Oh, this will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that for a minute, no. But, uh, yeah, so um, oh, that, I was going to ask you that about writing music um, and, and particularly lyrics and whether you have a, particular view about how that how that works <laughs> lyrics fitting with music i, I wish music. i had a particular view on how lyrics work. i like writing lyrics but i don't find writing lyrics as easy as i wish it was all oh, right no I, I tend to kind of throw things around for ages i yeah. then rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it and then think no it doesn't work why can't somebody else write my lyrics for me um yeah <laughs> oh really yeah I don't so know. It's, it's... so what so when you have an idea for a song do you uh do you have the lyric in mind or at least uh, is it is it less Depends on the song uh... Some, sometimes a song will be a phrase or something will just be buzzing around my head and it'll form in my head as a little chorus or something or a hook and yeah. which point that's nice and easy but then you've got to write a song from that so if you imagine that's the seed that goes into the ground then you've got to build a tree from what you've just you've you've been landed in your head Sometimes it's just a case of you know having a gem on the piano or whatever, and you know a, a piece of music comes out, and then you know lyrics sometimes go on those, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you know it's things. But I guess, I guess, I guess just the, the the making of music is uh, an end in itself, anyway. Whether whether it turns into something or not. Oh, totally. It's it's you know it does me good as a human being to sit and twiddle with a piano or play on a whistle or a ukulele or whatever and create something. I enjoy that process. It's, yeah. it's good for me. It's good for my, my mental health, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and if other people enjoy it, then that's great. Again, it's, it's one of those things I've learned as I've got, you know, as a teenager, I think, you know, we all went through that old oh, dreaming of hitting the big time and, you know, <laughs> all these kind of things. And I, I kind of, I've, I am my own first audience is how I see it. If I enjoy a piece of music then that's enough, if, yeah. if other people do, that's a bonus. Um, but it's like, you know, you, you, and I know you're a painter and you, you do really good, really lovely artwork. You know, if you enjoy your artwork, why does somebody else need to validate that for you? Uh, and I'm kind of, yeah. I've got to the same point with my music, really. I enjoy it. I enjoy making it. Um, people enjoy it. Brilliant. If people don't enjoy it, well, you know what? That's fine. 
I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that, uh, except when people talk about it as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? People say, oh, it's nice to have a hobby. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not a hobby, is it? A hobby is like, really, I don't know, speaking Stampton a book or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've got to think about it's, hobbies. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, how would you describe it? Like, just how would you describe it? How, how would you differentiate it from hobby? Because you're right, it is different. Um, but I suppose you're not getting paid for it, so is it a hobby? Yeah, I, 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 maybe it's just reflective of my own insecurity, I guess. But uh, I, the, it feels as if it's demeaning it to just call it a hobby, or you know, I say just, but people dismissing it as as a hobby, um, because I think it's something to do with aspiring to uh, a sort of threshold of quality. Is it? Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be that sense of having that validation on on what you've done or what you're doing. Um, but that just make might make us sound really needy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. I, yeah. I, think, I think let's well, embrace that. We are artists. We are needy. That's what we do. Yeah, we need, we need yeah. people to affirm us and tell us we're, we're good at what we do. Yeah. Um, no, but also, I mean, to be more charitable, it is also about sharing it, isn't it? And, and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm about to do something quite brave with my, my music, actually. I've, I've, just, I've made a decision today. I'm just going to stick it out online and people can just download what they want um i've been sat on stuff for years and it's like do you know what i'm enjoying listening to this if other people want to listen to this there it is you can have it that's cool i know yeah so how are you going to distribute it i don't know yet <laughs> oh, okay well <laughs> i found it, know, I, found, I found a really cool website that does mastering for you so when i create a piece of music oh, right. it, it comes at a certain kind of level but then yeah. anything you hear on the radio has gone through a mastering process to really kind of polish it and shine it and you know, right. zing. and i spent years thinking how do you do that and like everything these days, there's a website for that. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's doing marvellous things in my music. So I'm, I'm going to master. Well, like, like the website online. that we're using right now, Zencaster. Indeed, it's very clever. It's all very good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It but is. I think that's um, uh, kind of drawing together the threads of that. What, what you said, um, I think, but you can correct me, <laughs> is just do the stuff you enjoy. Literally. Literally, don't wait for somebody else to approve it, validate it, whatever. Just do it. Yeah, Just do it. Well, and yeah, and also start, you know, start doing it because it's you stuff you enjoy, rather than thinking, "Oh, I can't do this, so I, I think, need to learn more. I need to go on a yeah, course." Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing as well is listen to people. You know, one thing I, I've I've realised recently is when people say this is good, Ian, I don't believe them. Um, oh, I, yes. I, I look for reasons to. I <laughs> know oh, they don't really mean that. They're just saying that to yeah, be generous. They're yeah. just saying that to be kind. They're just patronising me. They're just. Well, actually, do you know, sometimes people say, we like this. They actually mean it. Listen to them. Take that yeah. on board. Allow people to like what you do as well. I'm really bad at that. Oh, I'm dreadful at it. I'm dreadful yeah. at it. Um, you know, yeah. Did, 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 they, did they say they like this? No, they didn't really mean that. They, yeah. They were just being nice. <laughs> they were just being nice. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But actually, but, but, yeah. yeah, they did like it. Ooh. But it's it's kind of difficult to distance yourself from that, isn't it? Because obviously it's great to have that validation. But yeah, as as and I think I've learned this from you is to 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 take a step back and and think, why am I doing this? Yeah, oh, yeah, because I enjoy it literally, <laughs> and it worked for me, or it did. You know, I achieved what I wanted to achieve. So comes back to the thing I, I keep saying is, I am my own first audience. You yeah, know, I don't need anybody else to like this for me to like this. And if I yeah. like this, then you know, other people, not everybody's going to like this. You know, I'm thinking back, I, I, when we did uh, Being Frank in Edinburgh last year, and we had some really good reviews, and people said, oh, yes. this is great, wonderful original music. And then one of the reviewers wrote, there's this really turgid song. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, and it got my brain reviews. matched onto that, rather than all the other people going, oh, my God, that was yeah, so true, isn't it? So true, <laughs> bad review. Just, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, totally. That's hard. But yeah, I laugh, but, I laugh about it now, but it's interesting. But it's kind of uh, unless you have those, you don't really understand them, do you? I mean, no. if you get a bad review and give up, yeah, absolutely, you're not going to get all the uh, all the buzz and the excitement and the, and you're certainly not going to get better at what you do. No, no absolutely. And and again, you've got to realise, you know, I am not for everyone. What I do, no, not everybody will like it. Oh come now! That's fine as well. <laughs> yeah, it's hard when it's your own parents, though. Isn't oh, well, it? that's true. But you know, otherwise. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, so your word was journey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, and now you've learned a new word. I, yeah, I still can't pronounce it, but yeah, it's a cool word. 
Palimpsest. Palimpsest. It sounds like something you've got ointment. I know. It sounds really dodgy, but... Um, so what... I know this is a really cheesy question, but where, where's next on the journey? Um, I kind of... I'm exploring a few different things at the moment, really. I'm trying to... Um, I'm going back to a couple of things I started writing and never got going properly. I, I looked at... For years and years and years, I've wanted to write a musical based on the story of the prodigal son. And I don't know if I've sure. ever told you that. And I've kind of started it a few times. And I, I went back to it the then, looked at it, and, and realized actually the problem with it that's, that's kind of held it back is I've got the main character wrong. So I'm going to rewrite it and change the main character. Um, I'm just exploring things for um, different kinds of performance, really. Um, yeah. I'm trying not to be in a rut and do the same thing and the same thing, but yeah. find different ways of exploring um things and, and this, this theme of journeys is, is, is kind of playing on me one of the two um well the two there's two playwriting competitions which i'm really quite interested in one one has a theme of the road not taken oh yeah and one has a theme of i think there was hope despair and endurance or something i thought actually you can kind of link those together yeah um, and do something with that and i'm really exploring this sense of you know uh, that we've talked about with the two words you know our journey is what it is what we are now you know that our previous journey is reflected in what we are doing now yeah and actually, that's fine. You know, there's this sense, as I said, we talked about this sense of, you know, am I on the right journey? Did I take the right path? Do, am, yeah. I, am I doing what these people expected me to be doing? Oh, my God. And freeing people from that to be in a sense of, you know what, this has been my journey. It's been really interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased we've um, talked. There seems to be so much we, else we could talk about because I, I want to talk about um, the the kind of recurring uh idea of um family which mm-hmm. i think is in your yeah work. yeah very much so um and maybe we're going to do this again maybe we'll do this regularly yeah but it's just nice I to just... talk phil it's nice to talk <laughs> it is, <isn't> it? <laughs> we, don't, we don't do this often enough no I, we're going to come around and see your puppy yeah that'd time. be great that'd yeah. be great listen ian thank you very much pleasure thank you um and uh i'll, I'll let you know uh, what it all sounds like yay and, and when it's on online and available. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So that was my chat with uh, Ian Tackerbell. And you can see and hear lots of Ian's work online via the Viral Theatre Festival website, which is www.viralfestival.net. And at the Orange Works, that's the Orange Works, or one word, .org.uk, and on SoundCloud. Uh, so don't forget to look out for new episodes of Ideas in Writing. We've got a couple coming up in the next few weeks, uh, produced with Mr. Book's Bookshop in Tunbridge. And uh, sad as I am not to play out on my own theme tune, but you'll hear that again, which is a, a great composition from Kevin MacLeod, uh, not that one. Uh, As promised, here's the uh, 80s tribute uh, piece that Ian mentioned uh, got featured on uh, the BBC radio. Uh, It's called You Came. I'm Philip Holden, and thanks for listening. I was a voice unheard, a sound without noise, a face lost in the crowd. A boy misunderstood The piece that didn't fit Dreams shredded in doubt Then you came And I found home and purpose in you A man misunderstood In a world that didn't click A silence in the storm Words without sentence, hope without formation, expectation kept me from. Then you came, and I found home and purpose in you. We show ourselves in the worlds we created, reflections of thunder and pause. Ignite my mind, cause my heart to move.
you came and I found home and purpose in you. And I am not alone. I am not alone. I am. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us. Just need to click on the link and become an Acast supporter. It's a one-off donation. You can give as much or as little as you like, and uh, there's no commitment. But it certainly helps us to keep producing these podcasts. So thank you very much.